0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: The B-Mac and Pat P Show. The hottest thing in the streets. Maybe the hottest thing in the streets. Yes, sir. <laughs> Print the t-shirts. Man, he's been a model citizen. He changed the culture. A.B. is just like Tom Brady as far as when he hit that grass, he's all busy.
0: Welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash covered. A little update from us. We've been mostly releasing the episodes on Tuesdays during the season, but now that the off season is here, we'll be dropping new episodes on Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and turn on alerts so you can get the show right away. Yo Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode?
2: Man, we got a lot to cover on this week's episode, Mac. We got Curly Hair Russell's not happy in Seattle again. You got JJ Watt being released from Houston. Plus, we're going to talk to our friend a former, player of, of of a former player of both of ours, former Blu-ray player of both of ours, a Super Bowl champion, former NFL champion as a player with the Pittsburgh Steelers, our brother, Larry Foot.
0: Larry Foot, stay tuned. Yo, all things covered. First quarter. You know what time it is, it's time to chop it up, chopping it up. And in this chopping it up segment, we're gonna talk about the versatility that we potentially would have had to display if we were not good enough to play the game of football. Current news right now. Two time Super Bowl champion Chris Hogan declares for the premier lacrosse league draft. So he's jumping from the NFL entering to the Lacrosse League. And I've watched lacrosse a little bit, don't know too much about the sport, but clearly to be able to be good enough to enter the draft, you have to have some athleticism to go along with what you can do as a player. And remember Chris, he was catching touchdown passes for the, the champions at that time, the New England Patriots. Now he's trying to get into the Lacrosse League. So me question for you Pat Pete, I'm pretty sure our listeners and viewers would love to hear your answer with this question. If you were to go pro in any other sport, I kind of know the answer already. What would it be?
2: Like do we have to be like really good at it or it just be like our dream to go to another sport? Like, let's you know, say,
0: let's say pretty good at it. Let's say all right, growing up as a
2: youngster
0: and you know, okay. not, let's say if you didn't play football, what could you have played? Okay.
2: Well, now that I love the game of golf, it would definitely mm-hmm. be golf for sure. You know, I don't think I'm tall enough to play basketball and you know, those trees up on that hardware. I think it's just, I mean, it's hard to make it in golf, but I just think you have to, everything has to match up for you on the basketball court for you to mm-hmm. be a successful, you know, ball player. And, you know, average people in this world are football players. So um, meaning like normal size people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Basketball players are different, man. Those guys are freaking you know, Amazon, you know, just you see a ball player like, man, how can a human be so, so linky and tall, but uh it'll probably be golf for sure. Because, you know, picking up the game of golf over the last 10 years, just just fell in love with it. Just the way it forces you to think about every single shot. Every shot's different. Every ball position is different. Every pin position is different. So, it's a lot that you have to equate into the game to be as good as you want to be. So, it would definitely be golf. What about you, Matt? Well, for me, you know, you, you know, uh, you think you, you say, you think you got a jumper, man. I don't, I don't know about yeah,
0: that. Man. Man, man. I mean, they used to call me agent, agent zero now. In, agent, like, agent zero. In hey, so when zero, you, when you was
2: at the free throw line, you used to put it behind your back too? No, I didn't you put, put it behind
0: my line? back, but I can tell you this much about my basketball game. I would shoot myself into a zone. So if I wasn't okay. in the zone,
2: I was going to shoot until I got into so a like zone. like Kobe said, keep shooting. I ain't never all keep shooting.
0: No question. They used to call me Agent Zero, but I think me personally growing up always had a love for video games and I got my degree in computer graphic design at Florida State. So I wanted to create video games, but I also was a big time gamer. So I think now understanding and seeing where that, where, where that profession is going, I think I would have probably been a professional gamer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being able yeah. to devote all the time and attention to be better at playing video games than what I used to do. You know, I used to do it just, you know, leisurely, but you know, if I had the time to be able to devote more time and attention to being a gamer, I think I would have been a professional gamer. And that's a big time booming business right now. Not just, you know, you know, locally here in our country, but globally, you know, throughout yeah. the universe, you know, gaming is a huge industry right now. So I think I would have taken part in the, to that. And going back to uh, Chris Hogan, uh, he played lacrosse for, for four years at Penn State and only played football one year at Mammoth. So, uh, he has that lacrosse experience, but I think, you know, just being able to jump into the professional level is definitely eye catching. And one thing I'd like to highlight to you, Pat P, also with our viewers and listeners transition to this study, 90% of the players on, on the Super Bowl roster, played two high school sports or more so what is Mm -hmm. the benefits of playing multiple sports especially when you're in the high school ranks
2: I think it makes you a well-rounded athlete I think that's what made me become a better defensive back by Mm -hmm. playing offense in high school by playing different other sports just seeing how how able the mind how your mind is able to react in certain situations because a basketball situation may be different, but at the same time, it's, you still have to be at your best when it's time to be at your best. So it's still getting you ready for football was always my main sport. So when I was running track, I'm I'm going to be in those, those bright lights. So how do I handle those bright lights? How do I handle the pressure? Cause it's never pressure to me because I, I practice myself in those moments before. So now I just got to go out there and do it, but that's what the other sports did. It puts you in certain situation to see how you're going to handle it. So, when it does pop up in your your sport that you want to fully pursue, now it's going to be easy to you. Now it's going to be something that that's not going to shock you when when it's time for you to be at your best at that pressure moment. And
0: Pat P, what else did you actually play in high school outside of football?
2: Um, I ran a little track, man. I, I wanted to play baseball, but I was not trying to get hit with that with that uh, baseball yo. And yeah. man, in high school, I know these kids, it wasn't really accurate. I was like, man, I I, I only knew what what I. I I can't even tell you what would happen if, some, if somebody hit me with that baseball and I got a bat in my head. <laughs> I probably would have been in jail somewhere. So I, 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 uh, I skipped out that. But I played basketball and ran track.
0: OK. And, and looking at the actual numbers from the breakdown from players on the Super Bowl rosters, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, 10 percent only played football. Fifty percent played two sports. Thirty two percent played three sports. You had a you had two percent play four sports. So clearly, you know, two sport athletes that were that back then in their high school days dominated the Super Bowl roster. So that's definitely a key point to all you youngsters that are currently listening to us or watching us via YouTube. When you when you're in high school, try to play as many sports as possible, because like Pat P just mentioned, one sport can help the other and vice mm-hmm. versa. So you never know how uh, sports can help you develop and become just a better all-around athlete. Now it's time to transition to another part of our show. With it being the off season, we're we're constantly trying to change certain things up to keep you guys entertained. And this part is called Handling That Headlines. And what we're going to do here is, number one, we're going to talk about what we had to address last week. We covered a dirty rumor about Pat P's future on last week's episode. But there still have been some articles dropping our very own Patrick Peterson, featuring Patrick Peterson. So Pat, (laughs) I don't want you to react to these specific headlines so i want you to keep your poker face as straight as possible but i'll have a follow-up for you so based on what happened last week with these dirty rumors circulating that you decided to part ways with the arizona cardinals there are quite a few headlines that circulated throughout the football world involving you number one this headline dropped last week the dallas cowboys should pursue patrick peterson number two this headline dropped the green bay packers free agency Patrick Peterson is a prime target. Number three, coming from the Cleveland Browns, Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman is a must this year. Number four, coming from Atlanta, should the Falcons consider Patrick Peterson in free agency? So the talking point for this segment is, you know, with your name, your your name has been in headlines going back to your high school days because you've been that type of player. And currently, they're still in the headlines, not knowing exactly what would happen with your future. But they're already dropping headlines with your name with other potential organizations. How do you handle that as a player? And how much do you actually see or hear about these certain headlines involving your name?
2: Uh, well, Mac, honestly, I don't pay you know too too much attention to it. Not at the end of the day, I'm I'm all, always been a guy of you know whatever happens happens. You know, it's out of my control. You know, I pretty much, you know, done all I can to, to put myself in the position to earn the right to play, uh, this game I love again. But I can tell you this for sure. I know I will be playing football for somebody next year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That I don't know who it, who it will be with. Um, but you know, it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be, uh, you know, interesting month and a half, you know, as free agency and the new league year is about to, about to start up. So. It's going to be fun. Never been a free agent before, but you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to be going through this process. You know, you know most players, you know, want to have the opportunity to, to be able to, you know, not only pick where they want to go or, or be able to, you know, have that, have that urge again of, uh, you know, being wanted, you know, cause it's nothing like that draft field. But once you get in the league, it's kind of like, especially if you're a guy that, that's not a, a, a journeyman or whatever that's bouncing around and around you know, you you, you kind of miss that, miss that urge. So we'll see what happens um, here in the, in the next month and a half, but it's going to be quite interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, but like I said, I will be playing for somebody next year for sure.
0: And, you know, speaking of being excited, how good does it feel to hear coming from a dirty rumor that surfaced last week? So many teams are already coming up with headlines like the Cowboys. Uh, you know, a few writers saying the Cowboys should pursue you, Green Bay, you know, Patrick Peterson should be a prime target. Hearing so many organizations already like just, you know, plotting to say at least mm. if you were available, you know, trying to recruit you to their organization. How good does that feel?
2: Well, it feels great. Like I said, it's nothing like feeling wanted, you know, want to teams want feeling like you can be you know, that missing piece to help them turn that corner or, or that guy to, to help you know, jail the locker room or help young guys come along or, you know, whatever it may be, you know. So, so this is an exciting part of my career. Ten years in, you know, I feel like I got a lot left in the tank going on year 11 this year. Man, time flies. But it's a blessing to be where I'm at right now. And I always thank God every day. Thank God yeah. that I made it here.
0: <laughs> no question. No question. With plenty more left to go. And we only just included those four teams. There were 20-plus teams that had mm. headlines regarding mm. your name as a – prime free agent target but we didn't want to cover up the whole show with all the teams that were trying to put pretty much put you in their in their top list of uh, free agents that will be available but you will have a lot of names a lot of teams you know trying to land your services so we just have to wait and see exactly what happens now it's time for around the league and here and here's where we tap into all the big time news Throughout the National Football League, let's start off with one of my favorite quarterbacks, curly-haired Russell Wilson, is unhappy with the Seahawks, sleepless in Seattle. I think that was a move, if not mistaken. Well, reports, you know, came about that Russell was unhappy with the team's ability to protect him. He actually mentioned that. I think he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he just came out blunt. It's possible. You know, he they need to protect him better. Brandon Marshall, who was a former teammate of, of Russell Wilson in Seattle, he's a friend of the show we had him had him on some months ago, said this on first things first. Russell Wilson is beyond frustrated. I think he's trying to figure out how to move on in a classy way. Teams have reportedly been calling the Seahawks with interest. Russell Wilson has taken 394 sacks in his career, took the most sacks, 51 in 2020. Uh, in the regular season and one in the postseason. Thoughts about hearing that Russell Wilson, a guy you've played against twice a year, pretty much your, throughout your entire career, is frustrated with the Seahawks. What are your thoughts about that, Pappy?
2: Oh um, man, I mean, you can tell. You know, obviously playing against Russell for the last what eight seasons of his career, and you know, being being able to see him move around over the last three seasons, we're probably one of those teams that had to sack Russell in that three year span and six games at least at least 30 times I'm, like we I remember one time we sacked him like seven times in one game and we did that a couple times because Calais had four sacks before against some Chandler had four sacks mm-hmm. so you could tell and every, and every time he gets sacked you could see that look on his face like you know what I mean and and, he, and he's and he's been you know looking for help up front for a very very long time and and that's why some of the times you're not able to see Russ, you know, ability to really. I mean, we know his ability to spin the ball, but Russ really never throw the ball on time. You know, what I mean, he's always improvising, and, and the reason is because you know things break down, or you know, you hear things about you know the plays that's being called, or whatever the case may be. But they definitely have to do a better job of protecting him and, and keeping him upright because. That's another thing. The guys have been hit. Well, how many times is that? 394 94 times.
0: sacks in his career.
2: he, and got he played 51. every single game. <laughs> Come that's on, man. Help that, help that man out. Get something no in front question. of him. And like I said, he's been, he's been, he's been wanting it forever, being able to not worry about improvising so much, you know, being able to stick with the game plan, stick with the, you know, the play that's called. So, you know, he's been crying out for it with his, with his facial expressions on the field. For sure. So hopefully, you know, they can get, you know, Pete and, and the guys upstairs can can finally get him some help. But as far as teams calling for Russ, Russ ain't going nowhere. Unless <laughs> unless unless Russ go up there be like, Man, release me. They ain't trading no Russell Wilson. Nah. Exactly. <laughs> it ain't nah, happening. I, I agree
0: with you. <laughs> Uh, and, and other news in national football league, you talk about the sacks that Russell Wilson has, uh, had to endure throughout his career. This guy has been known to sack quarterbacks and JJ Watt mm-hmm. was released by the Texans. Uh, they mutually agreed to a release. JJ Watt has been a ball of one healthy. I mean, JJ Watt since entering the league in 2011, uh, he ranks number two in sacks, 101, number one in tackle for laws, 172, number one in quarterback hurries, uh, 280 one to be exact. JJ basically came out with a statement. He said, I don't think it's any secret that I don't have 10 years left in this league. I personally believe that I do have a four great one, a few more great ones left in me, but you also can't, I can't be a part of a rebuild is what he said. I'm looking to go out that championship and that's what I want to do. Uh Hearing those statements from JJ and hearing that, you know, he's chasing a championship, you know, what does that for, for for a player like J.J., you know, his career in Houston as an individual has been spectacular, but overall team success, they've always fallen short. But hearing that he wants to be a part of a championship, do you agree with that With that statement coming from J.J. at this point in his career?
2: Man, no doubt about it. The, you know, the game is an ultimate team sport. And all the individual accolades that he have that's all fine Danny. But he want to win that ultimate team achievement, and that's a championship. And you can't do that with one person. You know what I mean? It takes a, a collective group of men to go after, have be on the same page, have that same goal, have that same mindset to achieve that ultimate goal, and that's the championship. So, and like you said, you don't have 10 years left in them. You know, Deshaun don't want to be there. D-Hop already left. Just hired <laughs> a head coach and a GM. So you already know they're not going to be his guys. So, you know, why, you know, continue to sit around there when you feel like you have a lot left in the tank and be able to – provided with the team that's going to be able to put your services to use versus, you know, going, you know, four and 11, I'm sorry, you know, 12, four and 12, five and 11, you know yeah. six and 10, that, that ain't cool. You know I mean? Especially with all the hard work you put into and all the injuries and things you have to bounce back from. Yeah. I know everybody goes through it, but at the same time, when when a player has a decision to better his career and be able to put his career in a in, in better light, why not do it?
0: Yeah. And speaking of being a 10 year vet, you also, you're also a 10 year vet as well. And both of you guys were a part of this outstanding 2011 draft. And for you guys that are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, man, I'm going to read off a few names, notable names, just from the first round alone from this crazy, crazy 2011 draft that Pat Peterson was involved in. Number one, Cam Newton. Number two, Von Miller. Four, A.J. Green. Five, Patrick Peterson. Six, Julio Jones. Seven, Alden Smith. Nine, Tyron Smith. Eleven, J.J. Watt. Mike Pouncey, was 15, who just retired. Ryan Kerrigan, 16. Cam Jordan, 24. 27, Jimmy Smith. 28, Mark Ingram, 31. Cam Hayward. What does it mean <clears> to be a part of that historic like class in 2011? Because I think this one of the best draft class to ever come through and you guys are continuing to write add on to the legacy but me personally just the list alone from the first round is i think it's one of the best draft class we've ever seen in the nfl but what does it feel to be a part of that historic draft class
2: massive blessing because i never forget when we was in new york and we was taking our pictures on the stage and um, at radio city hall yep and um you know right before everybody come in we all right before we going in the green room you know all the guys all the first well everybody who's Got invited, all in the room taking the pictures before, not not even with your team, Jerry, just before the thing goes on. And and Roger Goodell had walked on around the back. He was looking at all of us. He's like, man, and was that the '84 draft that John Elway was in? I 84, think it was
0: '84 right? Marino and things like that. Yeah.
2: Bro. So it was like, man, you know, I've been hearing a lot of talk that this can possibly be one of the greatest drafts to you know that that you know that that we ever had. Wait, Roger Goodell draft. said that the night yes. of the draft, and we haven't even picked, we haven't even been on the team yet, bro. Kid you not? So boom. Now, you know, fast forwarding to, you know, ten years, you got Von Miller, Super Bowl, MVP, League MVP, uh, you know, Julio Jones, breaking records, Alden Smith, if he was able to stay uh, right, oh my gosh. Uh Cam uh Cam Jordan, Jimmy Smith, uh Mark Ingram, JJ JJ J. 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 Watt, JJ J. Watt, Mark Ingram, who's continued to uh, you know have a a, a great end to his year, uh career. Got Cam Hayward. Who's balling in, uh, in, in, Pittsburgh and shout out to him being, I think he's the highest paid player over 30, if I'm not mistaken. hmm To, yep. uh, Cam Newton, you know, league MVP. MVP, yep. You know, so it's, it's nothing AJ but AJ Green. AJ Green, nothing but great talent. You know, even, you know, Richard Sherman even, even, even is a part of this group. Chris Dude, Harris. Chris Harris, yeah. Yeah. So I can, I mean, the list goes on off the, all the great talent. We had a talented, talented, um, group of men. In that 2011
0: draft class. Yeah. Uh, and, and that draft was 83 with Elway. So that was 83. Okay. 83. Yeah, yeah. But, but that 2011 class, man, just the depth, not just talking about first round players, but like you said, Richard Sherman, Chris Harris, who was a free agent, if not mistaken. Uh, this draft class, when it's all said and done, it's hard to kind of argue that right now because a lot of those guys in the A3 draft are in the hall. I, hall. I mean, they got yeah, the gold exactly. jacket, but mm-hmm. based on the the career of some of the guys you mentioned, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that most of you guys in the first round, I mean, quite a few guys we believe will get into the Hall of Fame at some Mm -hmm. point in time. So I think that definitely would add more fuel to the fight when it comes to this debate between the 2011 draft and the 1983 draft. But you can always let us know how you feel. Just make sure you leave us a message on social media. If you think the 2011 draft potentially will be better than the 1983 draft when it's all said and done, let us know what you think. Now it's time for Has Pat Heard? And the reason why this part of the show was created, because during (laughs) the off season, if you know anything about my guy, Pat P, he's not on dry land a lot. He's usually flying around to some exotic place. You know, he's sightseeing or he's just flying around to golf. So when Pat Mm -hmm. P is usually in the air, a lot of information doesn't get to Pat P. And (laughs) the main reason why we decided to create this segment of our show is because when Doug Peterson got fired by the field of the Eagles, we actually broke the news to Pat P here on all things. (laughs) He had no idea that the Eagles were looking for a new head coach. So we decided to add this part of the show just for Pat P, especially during the off season. So the first question for you is, did you know, that or have you found out that Antoine Winfield was fined for taunting Tyreek Hill.
2: During nah, the hear Bowl. He was taunted. he was fine. You remember he
0: shot him when he shot him the peace yeah. sign at the end of the game and put the peace sign yeah. in front of his face? Yeah, he, he was, was fine. fine he fin- the, NFL, the NFL fined him and that fine amount and get this for your listeners and viewers. If you don't know exactly how much a fine is, here go the actual numbers. Just for fining. This wasn't a personal foul. I mean, this was a taunting fine and they hit him for a fine of $7,815 no. for taunting Tyreek Hill in Super Bowl 55. Yes, he was fine.
2: So you. <laughs> <laughs> So they tell, you mean if you try to tell me that they taunt, they, they found that they find him, what did you say, 7,500? 7, uh, 78. 7,800 bucks for doing this right here?
0: The peace sign, yep. Remember he
2: did in front of the uh, phase, I think after intercept so or something I, like I, that. I, yeah, yeah, I think it was the last third of the game. So tell me this, uh, Eric might be able to find this. Did they, did they, did they even flag Cheetah for when he hit the backflip?
0: Nah, not to my knowledge, but I can tell you this much, I know for sure, when the Chiefs beat the the Browns and when Hollywood Higgins, Rashad Higgins, got hit by Daniel oh. Sorensen that, that, that caused that fumble yeah, right? that, that resorted mm-hmm. to a touchback, Daniel Sorensen did not get fined for that hit. Right. Even though it was helmet-to-helmet, helmet, it was not called at that time. But if you go back and look at the replay, it was helmet-to-helmet helmet contact, and he wasn't fined. But they fined Antoine Winfield $7,800 nah,
2: for shooting a piece on Man, that's baloney, man. And it's always... The defensive guys. Yeah. Offense, offensive guys never get fined. I mean, I, 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 know, I know it's, you know, they're not in position to be fine in, in a sense. But at the same time, if, if a guy is running 89 miles, you know, uh, 89 yard touchdown or a 20 yard touchdown and he turn around to around and get that to you, that should be acceptable to the same thing of him, you know, doing it in his face. Yep. And no penalty on that time no penalty back And no penalty and no fine. So there goes to show you. This is a offense of league. You know, yeah. they, everything goes to the offense. Like I, that, that's what I don't understand. Because at the end of the day, it should go both ways. And that's why I'm gonna get on the phone. I got to talk to Roger Goodell. We got to find a way. I'm, I'm, I'm harping on this of changing that spot. P.I. Uh, file because it don't make sense. Hey, How, you know, it, it every year I, Pat
0: P, they always have the, the, the league committee and the rules committee that come together right. during the off season to kind of go over right. certain rules. Yeah.
2: Get on the, get on the, get on the horn. I got, to. I got you. I got you, man. Cause it, it, it don't, it don't make sense to me, man. We can't get penalized and we're, I mean, at the end of the day, if, 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 if what they should do is if they're going to, I know players getting, you know, the, the defensive players at the same time, guys can't, you know, I think they got to lower that fine as well. Being twenty five hundred, most guys that that are making those hits, you know, are, are lead minimum guys. So that's taking their whole check right there. Mm-hmm. So you know, what they have to do is is come down lower with these numbers because guys are not able to make a quick judgment in the heat of the battle when they're trying to separate a person from the ball. Exactly. Their whole job is goal is defend the end zone or. Break the ball up by any means necessary. I mean, I, and I, and I get head to head. You know that's incidental. And I know they're trying to take the head out of the game, but at the same time, when you see it in slow motion and, fa- and, and fast, it looks bad. But when you see it in slow motion, half of the time they're not even hitting guys in the head. Yeah. So I think they should definitely cut those fines in half somehow, some way, versus it being you know twenty five here, thirty five. I think it goes up ten thousand every single time. Oh but yeah, that fine, this, them
0: fines get get hefty. They
2: yeah, we got a fine. Yeah, we definitely got to find a way to uh, man put give us a little bit more favorability, man. Because that just it just always seemed like you know things getting pointed out at the defensive guys. But for me, I love it, man. I love being a villain. It just makes me work that much harder to clean up my technique or whatever the case may be to be sharper.
0: Now, with it being the off season, like I said, we're changing up the dynamics of the show just a little bit, trying to make this thing more. F- Fan friendly, to say the least, and make you guys feel like you're a part of the show. And this is called 21 Questions. Granted, number 21, because that's the jersey number that Pat P wears. And the question will come from some of our faithful listeners and viewers on YouTube or just listening to us uh, wherever you can find podcasts. This week, we took these questions from Twitter. Uh, But if you want your questions to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on the show but you have to leave us a five-star rating. So this week, the question comes from Mervyn Gomez. Gomez, appreciate you, Mervyn, for dropping us a question. Uh, for Pat P., what would you say is the highlight of your career with the Arizona Cardinals?
2: Oh, uh, the highlight of my career with the Arizona Cardinals. Man, I have so many great ones. The actual, i probably say this when I got on the scene, in my opinion. Uh, it wasn't. It was my rookie year. It wasn't my first punt return. It wasn't my second punt return. But well, it was my third punt return. Here's the reason why. It was late in the year. I think it was November, maybe late October. Can't remember when. And you know, Mac. You know, when people be like, "Man, when rookies get in November, October, they hit that." Yeah, rookie wall. Well, yeah. The wall. I, I never hit the wall, Mac. I seen. I I seem to get better. I, I caught my second win. I I actually felt better the second half of the season than I did the first half of the season. But anyway, the, it was the first Rams game. Uh, we this is our first time wearing the black jerseys. You played for the Cardinals in 09. so you know what those black jerseys were. Uh, how those black jerseys feel with them with them white bottoms. But that's my <laughs> first time rocking them. It's a big game for me, man. We're going against Brandon Lord. This is my I think it's like my second time having an assignment, man. Locking down Brandon Lord had me by two PBU's. Had a pick. They tried to flea flick on me, but here's the here's the highlight of my that happened in overtime, Matt. When they punted the ball off to me, we had, we, uh, we went to overtime. We just stopped them, got a three and out and they punted the ball off to me the whole time in my head. I'm like, man, if they give me a shot, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to take this to the crib. And I know Donnie Jones, a former LSU guy, he, he, he was known for his hang time. Like he mm-hmm. always just punted, punted it very far and had like crazy hang time. But I, and I also knew their gunners wasn't very good. I mean, their uh, yeah, their gunner guys wasn't very good. And I felt like I had the best vice players in the game, which was, um, AJ, AJ Jefferson and Richard Marshall, we never, we never double vice anybody. It was always single. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you go singles and you got two corners that can single, you put an extra yeah. people in the box. So now we gained two extra guys in the box. Yep. So boom. And it was like a plus 50 and we still didn't double the max. So that's how much trust we had in these guys. So boom, Donnie Jones kicked the ball back and I look at the ball. And I'm like, yo, I got an opportunity. And people always thought I was lying when I say I look at the ball three times until I actually catch it. Mm-hmm. I always look at the and ball. Why the ball. why were you doing that? Because I'm trying to engage and see where the gunners are. Because those are closest guys that can that can uh, you know disrupt my timing from you know getting where I want to go. So boom, as soon as he kicked the ball off, because th- nine times ten I know exactly in the area they're going to kick it kick it in depending on the hash they're on. So they was on the uh, right hash, and Dunny is a horrible place kicker. He just he always just bomb it and uh, hang time. So yeah. he put the ball in the middle of the field, which is the worst you can do to a good pump returner is putting the ball in the middle of the field giving him a two-way go mm-hmm. so boom I catch the ball Well, oh, I look at the ball look at my gunners look at the ball look at the gunners again then I then been the, the third time I took a quick peek because the ball was coming down at this time so boom so now I took that third quick peek I was like oh I got a shot catch the ball obviously it didn't I, I kind of knew I was somewhere in the end zone or somewhat close to the end zone because I was backpedaling a little bit Mm-hmm. Caught the ball, took that thing 99, man, it was the longest punt return tied for the second longest punt return in NFL history. The longest in overtime. You know, that, that game right there just put me over the top because it showed that, you know, I was a, a complete player, you know, mm-hmm. going on the defensive side of the ball, forcing uh, PBUs, getting interceptions, making some big tackles on Steven Jackson, uh, yeah, Jackson that game and also icing the game with the uh, walk-off home run. So that game right there is probably the highlight of my career. Big time. Yeah. And we got one as well from the same, uh, the same footer handler, Mervin. Uh, can you describe the feeling of winning a Super Bowl and what made you sign Arizona, Arizona the following season in 2009?
0: Uh, well, the feeling of winning a Super Bowl was a surreal feeling. Um, you know, I think for most players, when you get to the National Football League, and you kind of, you know, solidify yourself as an individual player. You want to, you know, you want a championship. You want to chase that, chase that ring. And, uh, being able to do that is something that, you know, you won't forget because you just remember the process. You know what I mean? Right. So being able to get to that moment, you know, as a child, that was a game that I always watched was a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to say I was playing in one, uh, was a monumental achievement. Um, you know, it was a monumental a team achievement and just being able to get to that level. Uh, was, shoot, it was, it, it was, it was a dream come true. And I think mm-hmm. when you look at the second Super Bowl for me, uh, we played against Arizona. And at that time, you know, Arizona was an organization that was not known as a competitive, consistent organization. But that year in 2008, not yet in 2008, man, they, they got hot at the right time in the playoffs, similar to what we did in 2005. So crazy because I played against the Cardinals. And then when free agency started and I started getting wind about the teams wanting me, uh, uh, thinking about, you know, bringing me in and, uh, Arizona was that team And see the thing about Arizona, why I had ties with Arizona at the time, the head coach was Ken wizard hunt. So he was with us in Pittsburgh and I knew he was a, a fan of my game. Uh, when he was in Pittsburgh, because he was the OC and, you know, in my earlier part of my earlier career, especially my rookie year, you know, just, I was a part of the scout team defense. So I was always going against <laughs> his wide receivers, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, just, and and at that time I wasn't in the starting lineup yet. So my scout team reps felt like game reps. So they used to have to tell me to slow down a little bit. Cause I was, you know, like Mac, you you don't have to give us that type of look, but that was my game. So Ken was a pretty, uh, uh, knew about me and and I respected him as a, as an individual, the same cause he said for the respect he had for me. And it kind of all kind of fit, you know what I mean? They were trying mm-hmm. to kind of bring Pittsburgh West to Arizona and I remember, yeah. uh, when things kind of heating up a little bit about Arizona and myself, you know, I was definitely considering Pittsburgh. And, and I remember at that time they were trying to get the big fish in the sea, which was Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? So they were trying to bring Kurt Warner back and I was the top guy on their, on their list outside of Kurt Warner. And they just, you know, offer a little more than P- Pittsburgh at the time. So it felt weird because I had just played against Arizona. And I remember <laughs> when I first got out there, man, I kept hearing, oh, y'all shouldn't have won. Like I, I, I get out there to work out with the guys, coach L- Lott, lot right, John Lot had us out there John running. Lott
2: is, uh, your boy yeah, they <laughs> yeah. had us running
0: barefoot and everything like that, you know, running laps around the field barefoot. And I kept hearing, man, B-Mac, man, you know, y'all was supposed to, y'all wasn't supposed to win the game. So I'm like, yo, man, I'm not a steal anymore. I'm a cardinal. So man, but I had to deal <laughs> with that, you know, going through training camp. I mean, it kept telling me, man, y'all wasn't supposed to win. We were a better team. So, uh, but it, it was a good, it was a good experience. And the crazy part about it, how life can t- come around 360 at you. I don't, I know you remember this. So during oh, my year out remember. in Arizona,
2: yeah. Green Bay. So, Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> Pat, P, Pat P was, uh, you were at LSU. A yeah, you were a sophomore. A sophomore.
0: Yeah, so it's funny. So I had to, Pat came and visit me and came and check out a game, and, and we we hung out a little bit. And I and I man, I gave you like a whole bunch of clothes. you were always giving me uh, yeah, whatever yeah. I was
2: rocking. Yes, sir. And, 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 and it's
0: funny. Then it's like a few years down the line, Pat P walking through the same hallways that I was walking through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's funny how life can kind of come at you. Nah, it, 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 it,
2: it actually it was the next year.
0: No, it was two years because you were.
2: So that so was you, 2009 you, 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 season. You didn't play but that you played tennis? one more year.
0: Yeah, you played one more. You played one more So 2010 is when I went back to Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Yeah. So that so was your then.
0: sophomore year.
2: So 2010, yeah, yeah. So you played when you went back to Pittsburgh. 2009. You, you, you was there yeah. two years. Yeah. Eleven yeah. was your last year, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: But, but it's funny because I, I remember I still got the picture and everything when you came to the game, but I'm like, man, this yeah. man got drafted to the steel. <laughs> I'll be back to the card So, and, and then, yeah, you know what's also funny, uh, our other cousin, Walter McFadden, we call Jamal. He ended uh, up playing for the Steelers when I ended up leaving the Steelers yeah. as well. He went out yeah, to the Steelers uh-huh. for a little short period of time, so it's yep. funny how things kind of kind of circle around 360 at you.
2: No doubt about it, hey man. I, I matter fact, I still remember that outfit to this day. I had a white shirt on with a black, red, and white plaid shirt.
1: Plaid shirt and that folded yeah. in the elbows. You remember that was, yes, the, that was the style yep. when yes, you it at the elbows. Yes, yeah, sir, I think
2: I had some <laughs> black jeans on too. I still remember it though. Yeah, we 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 was uh dang. We was going. I think that's my first time eating In and Out burger out here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, had that In and Out.
0: Yeah, first time. <laughs> you know, for, for us on the West Coast, I mean, on the East Coast, we used to always hear about In and Out. Yeah, so I know that's one of the first things I used to do when I was out in Arizona. Also, too, go. Yes, to, uh, sir. What was the name of the soul food spot out in Phoenix? uh They had that it's good Lolo.
2: Lolo. Uh, was, Lolo's. Yes, Lolo's. sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, they got some. Uh, never mind. I ain't gonna sit on the podcast. They might be watching.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's, it's crazy man <laughs> Pat P came and visited me when LSU when he was in his LSU uh, in his career at LSU and then he gets drafted out to Arizona so it's funny how yeah. things can come back at you at, at, at 360 uh, but now it's time to toss the break it's halftime for us but on the other side of halftime we'll be joined by someone we can call a three-time world champion stay tuned Larry Foote will be joining us on the opposite side of the half the wait is over the Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus.
1: brings you the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is
0: coming to the south side.
2: Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. <laughs>
0: Yo, we're back from halftime. Got an opportunity to make a few adjustments. We promised you guys a very, very special guest, right, on the opposite side of the half, and currently we're here. Man, this is a guy that I've been knowing for a long, long time. Pat P knows him as well. I first met this guy in 1999 when I was in high school. We definitely would get into the details of that story uh, throughout this conversation. (laughs) 13-year NFL vet. One of just a few guys to be my teammate as well as Pat P's teammate. Currently outside linebacker coach for the new world champions of the world. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's also a three-time Super Bowl champion. He won two with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just won his third with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I've been joking with him since this happened because he shot me a text. He's like, B-Mac, I'm leaving you in the dust. I got a new ring. But I feel like, Pat P., when you're a coach, it counts <laughs> as a half ring. It's not the same as a player <laughs> winning a championship, so I'm giving him credit for two and a half rings. But in all man, an outstanding player, <laughs> a former player, outstanding coach, and just a great all-around guy, Larry Foot is joining us here. All things covered. Foot dog, what's happening with you? What's
2: poppin'?
1: Man, it's an honor to be on here, man. The B Mac and Pat Peace show. The hottest, <laughs> the, the hottest thing in the streets. Baby, the hottest thing in the street. Yes, sir. Print the t-shirts. Print the
0: t-shirts. And you're going to keep us hot because we know you got some hot takes no coming along with it. you. Man, number one, man, I know, I know you still on cloud nine, uh, the championship just over a week ago, right? Was an outstanding game for you. When you look at Tom Brady, man, how much did you enjoy the season with Tom Brady? And then looking at the the parade, you know, because you told me before Tom Brady is is a serious guy. When it's time to get ready for ball, he's dialed in, he's focused. But it seemed like he let everything down during the parade, the boat parade you guys had to improvise and and take part in. But just tell take take us through this season with Tom Brady, you know, being in his life for quite some time because he was there your freshman year from at Michigan, if not mistaken, you played against him uh quite a few times in your uh, professional career. And now coaching on the staff that he's a part of as a player, just take us through that. And then of course the parade.
1: Well, I played my first two years uh with him at Michigan and he's the same guy. You know how the quarterbacks, you know, sometimes they might be it's the team and the quarterbacks. He's always been part of the team. He's one of the guys, humble guy. When I say he's one of the guys, like he's always trash talking. You seen that exchange during the game with him and, uh, the honey badger. Yeah. Like and you played against a B Mac. You know that, uh, you too, Pat Pete. He ain't, ain't shying away. He ain't loud like Philip Rivers, but if, if you talking, you bring that noise to him, he's gonna give it right back to you. Yeah. And, uh, he's just one of the guys, you know, on the field and off the field, humble guy. I think he got a little bit of politic in him because, like, I'll give you a little inside, like just people throughout the building, he's writing hand written letters to him, just talking about how you appreciate him. He speaks to everybody. Everybody's comfortable talking to him. He's signing autographs all day long. You know, people taking pictures with him. And he never hesitates. He's always, uh, you know, just speaking to people. And he's just that guy. That's why it's easy to follow him. It's easy to follow him. And uh, when he speaks – you know, everybody listens, uh, when he get the offense up at eight o'clock in the morning, of uh, the day of the game, to uh, go over some, uh, last minute adjustments, you know, everybody's willing cause, you know, he, he earned that right just how he right. treats people.
2: Man, it was, it was definitely a fun season to watch you guys, how unfold and watch you guys take on the Lombardi trophy. But, but we're going to get back to Brady and your Buccaneers, but let's talk about how you and B Mac first year this recruiting trip on Michigan, man. I know you always got some hot takes, man. Fill me in on that.
1: Man, well, I think we had the b come to Michigan. It just happened to be snowing. Uh-huh. And every time a top recruit, a five-star, first-team All-American coming on campus, you know, normally one of the coaches are looking for me because they know I'll take them down to Detroit, have a good old time. <laughs> you know, Get that know commitment. Me- you know, they'll be around the head coach of the parents, like, hey, you stay away from Detroit. And, you know, t- start yelling at me. As soon as the parents turn their back, he said, hey, something happened to you. You call me now. You came down there. And B-Mac come with no coat. It happened to be probably below zero snow. But I don't know. We probably had to take somebody. You had to get them a coat. And, uh, you know, Master P, I still remember Master P. The hottest thing out, B. Mac with that right. big smile. It was even bigger back then. <laughs> we had him in the club, you know. We tearing the t-shirt off. Oh Lord! <laughs> he had a great time, you know. You know, uh, Pepe. He don't drink, but right. he's the drunkest one in the crew. He don't drink. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat P. I, I,
0: when I left the when I left the club, I ain't have no shirt on. I, I didn't have no shirt teeth. on. Man, I went in the club, like Foot said, I had I borrowed somebody's coat. I went in the club fully <laughs> dressed. When I left, man, I had no shirt on. Man, I just had my pants, my, my socks, my drawers, and my and my shoes. Man, I walked out and that cold air hit my chest.
1: <laughs> oh man. We Boy, that. We jumping in somebody's back seat. Uh we had a great time. But you know, I've been around that I know them guys down there, they not coming up here when they see that snow. They're nah, not coming nah. up there, uh, nah. no chance. I will not to get Florida state in trouble, but I think, you know, they, they convinced him to come down, but I thought that <laughs> well, we at least number two be Mac. Cause we hey, had hey, a great time Oh man, here. we had <laughs> a great time. <laughs> the thing that hurt
0: me with, with Michigan, number one, it was snowing. It was cold and they had at that time foot, I mean, Pat, they were. Like changing the dynamics of the dorms, but they had community bathrooms, so that mean I would oh, have to share yeah. the no, the yeah, shower yeah. and the bathrooms or well, whoever it was in the dorm. That kind of turned me off. And then when I go to other places like Florida State, you know, we had more privacy, so that you was a own big space. yeah. You had a, you had your own space. Now, granted, they were getting ready to build some new dormitories for the athletes and things like that. But when I got there, man, everybody had to share the same thing. But man. for, I, foot, I tell foot this all the time. Michigan was always one of my childhood favorites because I was a big C wood fan. You know what I mean? I wanted to wear the black Mm -hmm. spat. And I remember Lloyd Carr came and when he first visited me, like my sophomore year, he came down there. He was like, man, we just lost, we just lost Woodson, man. We're looking for another, another one. And I'm like, man, you got me. I'm coming up on a visit. So foot was there. Dave Terrell was there, Crawford. We went to a basketball party at the, at -hmm. at somebody townhouse, man. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, all these guys, I grew up watching. But it just was too cold, and no community bathrooms is what turned me off. Hey, Kato bit, Pat, yeah, Kato June
1: had to run that number two. We just snatched that number two for Kato. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, don't tell yeah. Kato that <laughs> now. Hey, don't tell <laughs> Kato that now. But boy, I was going to try to get that number two. That's going to be part of the whole plan. If I coming to Michigan, I, I got to rock that, number man. two. Yeah, right. I got to rock number two. But, hey, Pat, it was, man, listen, that No Limit Soldiers was dropping, and that was mm-hmm. the first song that made me feel like I was back at the crib, like I was back home. Right. Man, I was on the dance floor by myself the whole night. No, I don't yeah. need no
1: water. Just let me go, man. man listen, I left
0: it, it all out there, man. He
1: was sliding, too. He was sliding back then, man. He was sliding back then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he represented Miami. He represented. Yeah. Oh, he represented. I know he, he ain't going to let us down. I know hey, he ain't no, going to let us down. No, sir. No,
0: sir. <laughs> hey, hey, talking about Michigan foot, man, like 22 years ago, you was a freshman at Michigan. And like you said, the quarterback for your team was Tom Brady. Man, how surreal is it to know 22 years from then, you guys just won a championship with Tom Brady? Like, did you ever think that that was a possibility knowing that, yo, this man was my quarterback as a freshman 22 years ago, and now look where we are?
1: Well, I always knew he was going to be good. Can't nobody ever tell the future that he's going to be the greatest all-time, win seven Super Bowls, but right looking back every time we was behind because we was a run we was a heavy run you know big 10 we was a heavy run first throw the ball on third down but every time we was behind and we just let him do his magic he always brought us back when we down there in miami kicking with you when we beat alabama we was down in the orange bowl twice in the orange bowl mm-hmm. we was down 14 twice and he just did his magic brought us back to the for victory but you know, I always cracking on him. You know, he stole a couple of them before you got there from us, uh, couple rings in Pittsburgh. You know, he always talking trash. You know, I bring up Spygate. He said, man, I ain't <laughs> need no Spygate. He'll talk about Casey Hampton. Every time I see Casey Hampton in that plus technique, I knew his fire zone.
0: Hey, foot, foot, <laughs> coach foot, break down a plus technique because, you know, a lot of people are listening and watching us. Right. They might not know what a plus technique is. Break that down.
1: Well, Casey Hampton, the true definition of a plus. It's, you normally would be an old school odd front. We call it tight where he's just head up or the, the center, old school mm-hmm. three, four. Now, when you see him in the, his butt in the A gap and he's plused over and <laughs> we call it plus, he would basically, he'll be sort of the, tilted on the center, but you'll see his big old butt in the A gap taking up the whole A gap. Right. <laughs> and normally we'd be in that, we bring some type of pressure. He said, I always read Casey Hampton. If he was in that plus, I'm throwing it outside, throwing it out route right on one of them corners. And real quick, <laughs> quick,
0: that that's ironic because most quarterbacks don't read the right. sin, I mean, the nose guard and to determine what's guard. going in the secondary. So that tells you how unique and cerebral Tom Brady was to be able to recognize what our nose guard was doing and understanding what he would see from the secondary coverage.
1: Oh, uh, he'll go in more detail. He was talking about our outside linebackers. Like then the six technique. A six technique is when you're head up of the tight end, and normally you're doing that. You're playing some type of shell defense. You're trying to steal a gap, uh, trying to two gap it a little bit because you're gonna be a little light in the box. But he said he'll read. He'll read all those things, and he is a student. And if you ain't, if you ain't right, if your right foot is up all the time when you're dropping or left foot, he's gonna, he gonna know. He's gonna <laughs> know. He's gonna know. He look for those things. To have an advantage.
2: Wow. Man, that's, 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 man, that's
1: crazy, boy. That's,
0: who
2: That's why hey, he, that's well, why he the top. No doubt about it. And we talked to, uh, Levante David last, what, maybe about three shows ago, and he talked about how TV 12 told his teammates after the NFC championship, what are you crying for? The work is not done. So with that question, how much crying was it after the Super Bowl victory? When well, the now, work was done.
1: Too, I'm kind of mad at this, uh, podcast because y'all was cussing on there and your bleep guy. <laughs> He got to be a little sooner with it. Come on, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Levante you, said your, little son, your son you oh, said your son yeah, was watching it? You said your son was watching it? Yeah, they watching it. And had it on NFL Network. So it's on NFL Network first, so they go right to YouTube, and they watching it. I don't know if they might have downloaded They These kids are so advanced. They know everything. So my 6 year say, Levante David on on BMAC and Pat P show. they cussing. I'm like, <laughs> Just a couple of weeks before, uh uh Devin White after we beat New Orleans Saints, they cussing. As soon as I get home, you know they just the cuss police. <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, hey, for, hey sometimes we the got Super the filter or
0: unfiltered.
1: Hey, after the Super Bowl party, I had to bathe them with the holy water after hearing ludicrous and Migos at the, <laughs> the party. Oh, that's what y'all had at y'all party. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they lived it, too. We didn't get home till 4.30 in the morning. Man, hey, that's hey. Like, hey wait, where y'all had the after party at? Down at the Aquarium, right downtown.
2: Oh, man. Y'all had it, man. Y'all did it right, man.
1: Oh, they had y'all to, man. Y'all did it right.
2: Like, like Levante <laughs> told us, man, it was – Foot
0: was fortunate. He didn't get the dog years in Tampa when they would just man. bang at the bottom of the barrel. So,
2: man, it's been
1: a long time coming. I'm so happy for him. It's going to be equivalent to when Pat P get one out there in Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Went through all the (laughs) dog years. (laughs) But but to go back to the question, though, man, that Tom Brady, that's his, uh, you know, he's straight business. And I was kind of looking at him after the Green Bay game, because everybody was taking pictures with the NFC Championship trophy. Yep. And they were loving on that thing. I'm like, hold up. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know about the pictures for the grand with that one. But everybody was excited. That was funny. I was trying to. Then nobody want to die in my mind. I'm trying to figure out who was crying. I, was still to out who was crying. I heard this he guy Godwin but I. And Mickens, I think he out. said Mickens also. Yeah. I think it was Mickens yeah, or Mickens. somebody else. <laughs> I, I tell you what, B. Mac, and I'm, I'm quite sure I put it on our uh our group chat. Man, these boys party. I'm talking about when we beat Green Bay. Man, we was probably two hours late. It turned into a club. I'm talking about dancing. In the locker room. Was so excited. Like I'm like, man, they beat me. They beat us when we didn't know five. <laughs> These cats was like, they was they they was on cloud nine. And you know, I just felt like that proud papa watching.
2: Man, yeah, that's, that's what's up.
0: Say. Hey, so, hey, Foot, you had a, another former teammate that was able to get to that moment with you guys and win a championship and Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, he scored a huge touchdown in the Super Bowl en route to that victory. But what was his attitude like when he first got with the team? And what made this relationship between Antonio and the Buccaneers work out?
1: Man, I think, um, I was telling somebody earlier, he matured big time. Like when he came in there, at first, you heard a little bit of, like, the little wide receiver. You know all wide receivers, they want the ball. And I heard him a little bit like the first game. But, man, he been a model citizen. And you know you know how A.B. worked. And he changed the culture. When I say that, A.B. is just like Tom Brady as far as when he hit that grass, he's all busy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you see about 10 guys over there warming up with him because he do a dynamic stretch like, warm-up, like, he got the bands on, he's running hundreds, and he's serious. All of a sudden, you see two guys over there with him, three guys. Then, before you know it, there's a couple defensive players over there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, them young guys seen what it takes and how he worked. And, like, every day when he was out there, he was working. And, you know, if you play with Tom Brady, and and all of them had to take a back seat because he ain't just featuring one wide receiver, he's throwing it to the open guy. Yeah. Mm. He's going into the open guy. And if you want championships, if you want it, you know, you want that experience, everybody gotta give a little bit. Everybody yeah. gotta give a little bit. And you know, it helps being, you know, the GOAT, you know, you calm the wide receivers the attitudes down, but everybody yeah. brought in. But man, he he was you ain't have everybody had their little reservation about the bottom holding reservations on them, but he was a perfect model citizen. <laughs>
0: Would you like for the yeah. Buccaneers to, to to bring them back, re-sign them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every team. Every, every team should want Antonio Brown. Every yeah. team yeah. should want. I seen what he did, and them young boys, Scotty Miller and them guys, they're going to benefit seeing that. They seen it yeah. up close, what it take? If you want to be a yeah, Hall of Famer, that's what it takes.
0: Do you yeah. think he will be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done? Oh, absolutely.
1: No absolutely. No and me of Pat Peterson out there, with them bands running and stuff, I'm like, don't, don't they know we gotta practice? What are they doing? Hey, you
2: gotta like, get nice cramp. and loose,
1: buddy. Hey, 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 I'm like, y'all gonna cramp. Hey, <laughs> y'all man, gonna please, make it through.
2: We back. Please, you know please, how man.
1: we was before practice. We chilling. We we use practice middle of the practice to get warmed get up. To get warmed
2: up, yeah. Man, man hey, that's that old school the foot. <laughs> But that's why, hey,
1: that's why Pat Pete first ballot hall of fame. No that's question. Boys, hey, they put that work in.
2: Yes, sir. Hey, man. So foot, talking about giving a little, this is a two part question.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you think the NFL should push back the, the NFL hiring process? And why do you think Todd Bowles and left, lefty, Byron left, left which didn't get much um, interaction during the hiring circuit?
1: Well, they definitely should push it back. You hear that. I mean, previous times. Some owners and GMs might be, you know, you see this run, might have, you know, hurt theyself, hurt the evaluation right. process. Bowles did get a couple interviews, but it was just only Zoom. He didn't have the luxury of mm-hmm. meeting in person or whatnot. You know, a lot of those big-time deals, it got to be that. Thing. It got to be in person, across from each other, and just, you know, that owner got to feel comfortable. I think me personally, without going in all into the other direction, I think they dropped the ball not interviewing Leftwich. I think they probably just said, "Well, he's still young, we we'll just hold off." I think some teams missed the drop the ball on that one. And, yeah. You know, going forward though, he's he, he's going to be a, a head coach one day, no doubt about it. And especially everybody, you know, they look for the next offensive guy and whatnot, mm-hmm. and communicate with the quarterback. This guy, first round pick, did it on a right. high level. And yeah. he knows the game. He knows the game. So I know his time is coming. Uh, Bowles definitely deserves another shot. People that know the inside know the Jets. It just wasn't a good situation. And uh am right. quite sure he's going to get another opportunity.
2: I agree. Yeah.
0: And speaking of, speaking of, you know, those two coordinators – uh for the Buccaneers. You know, we me and Pat P talked about the diversity that BA incorporated with his staff, you know, last week leading up to the ball game. It has been well documented. But what makes it a special group to be a part of with you as well being a minority, being on that staff, being able to hoist the sticky Lombardi and just being a part of something that has that was groundbreaking.
1: First of all, coming into office like everybody like as a staff, everybody gets along. I think BA does that. He makes sure everybody's a good fit. You gotta be a dude that everybody likes. You know, BA likes to have adult beverages. He right. likes to kick it. You know, Ty Bowles, he's a communicator, he likes to hang out. And all throughout our staff, everybody gets along. Like he got good people. And you know, you kinda you want your locker room the same way with the players. You gotta get guys that can fit with people. And that's the the great thing about it. You love coming to work. You know, I talked to other coaches uh, around the league. I had the one year on, on Wilk's staff. It kind of wasn't like that. wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like with the B.A. staff. You know what I'm right. saying? You just you love coming in. You know how it is in the locker room. You love coming yeah. in there just for the camaraderie. And it makes your job easier. It makes you want to yeah. work and uh, put in extra hours.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, talking about – Obviously, Bowes, what was some of the key, key points of slowing down that, that Kansas City offense? Cause we know that they, they're very capable of putting up 40 plus points each and every time they're out there on that football field. What was the key points? Obviously, we knew you guys took away the deep ball, but give us a little bit of insight. What, what was you guys game plan going into that game?
1: Well, we, we know Andy Reid and, and those guys, they don't like, they're not a big run team and mm-hmm. somebody to argue you got Pat, you got Patrick Mahomes, you ain't going to run the ball that much.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So we got enough. We got enough guys up front. We have the luxury D line wise, where we we can stop your run with with six man box, right? You know, and we can slow it down enough so we can do our two shell defense. And we can hold up, and that's you know we we just got that luxury up front. We got guys that can get after. Uh, they can two gap, beat their man, and get off and make the play. So we did enough to slow the run down. Mm-hmm. So our pass rushers can just get at Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Bose and our young DBs, they grew up. And it's like way it. through the year. And yeah. they just said, hey, it's that time, that light that light hey. switch off, the communication r- role, yeah. and them guys are playing lights out. I know all, all up front get all the attention, but them young boys grew up. They communicated. And right. when you do that and everybody, what are you doing? And believe it or not, some of them calls, we didn't know what they were doing. Right. We had, you know, audibles, but they communicated. Yep. Right. You know how they, you come to the sideline, hey, oh, what yeah. do? <laughs> Hey, if everybody on the same page, it ain't a yeah. bad call. And that's Are what the voice us. You're loud, you're loud, you're right, pretty, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> So sometimes, you know, during the sideline, we're like, man, what they in? What they doing? Okay, third, punt team. Hey, we talked to him on the sideline, but they, they communicated and, uh, Bowles was definitely pressing on them young boys. You know, a lot of times young guys, they're not comfortable and, Mm -hmm. uh, they're towards the end of the year, them, them boys grew up right before.
2: Did y'all, did y'all lose to Kansas City before the bye week or after?
1: Right before the bye week. That was the last loss. I'm
2: going to say that's, that's when it turned around right there. I believe. You know, you guys want to
1: run. You remember this, your first Super Bowl year, this reminds me of the old five team. We had a lot of expectations Mm because the year before you came in, we were 15-1, and and we lost three in a row. And it was just like the Colts. Remember, the Colts beat us, but we knew if we play them again, we have a good chance because in the second half, we kind of like shut them down. Mm -hmm. And that was the same mindset with Kansas City. Them boys knew watching the tape, oh, we're going to be able to get them.
2: Yeah, and we yeah. Seen them
1: in the Super Bowl and they was confident and yeah. Kansas City you know they do what they do and uh, Bowles you know everybody knows Andy Reid even admitted he was one step ahead of them and yeah. you know
0: no question. And, and talking about the confidence, uh, one of your more confident defenders and JPP, Jason Pierre Paul, you know, he, he spoke confident about the group and he was able to put those verbal actions out on the football field. JPP is 32, Shaq Barrett is 28. Those two guys they came with big time playoff experience based on what they did throughout this playoff stretch. They also combined for 16 pressures in the Super Bowl alone. 16 pressures in the Super Bowl alone. Now, Foot, I tip my brim to you because I know you were hands on with these guys the entire season, and not just those two guys, but the entire outside linebacker group. You know, t- what was your impro- your approach in coaching that tandem to be able to not just dominate in the Super Bowl, but the entire playoff run? Those two guys caused nothing but terror for any tackles they faced.
1: Oh man, that's the easiest, the easiest coaching assignment in the game. Get out their way. I just, you know, you know, pass rushes, I'll just always hone them in, play the run, you know, play the run. That was a particular game, you know, the old school Bill Cowher, hey, rush the passer, stop the run on the way. And they love that approach. They love that approach. You know, we had to watch the whole run game on Wednesday. I said, look, stop the run on the way to the pass, to the quarterback. And them guys love that. They love the challenge. They, the biggest stage, and they knew, they knew the pressure. If we're going to have a chance to win, we're going to have to get at uh, Patrick Mahomes, just like the week before with uh, Aaron Rodgers. If we're going to beat mm-hmm. those guys, you got to uh, disrupt that quarterback. And JPP having a Super Bowl ring, beating Tom Brady, he know the game. Hey, if you don't get that quarterback, they're going to get us. Yeah, right. So, them guys stepped up big time. It's easy to coach them. I'm more fired up because my young boy out of Wagner, Cam Gill, Free mm-hmm. uh, agent, got a, a half a sack, forced fumble. F- 49? 49. 49 yeah.
0: 49, yeah. He
1: played probably like seven snaps, and this is the first time you get mad at me, B-Mac. <laughs> Cause he get the half sack, forced fumble, and JPP take off. Go back out there and get him, and he come to sideline, why you taking me out? And I just started joking with him, laughing. Hey man, what you doing? You a young boy? You don't come in this game making no plays like that. <laughs> <laughs> I yelled at you, ain't playing no more. And he was mad. He was start. He started laughing, but he was fired up.
0: Oh man! You take- can't take him out when he get a sack. Put him in the I zone. I didn't do he it. Like, Jason
1: you-? took off. Jason didn't like you know them young boys. They don't want you know them old heads. They don't want them young boys in there eating. He <laughs> <laughs> got that sack. JPP threw that Gatorade bottle down and took off.
2: Um, (laughs) hey so you talk about coaching what actually got you into coaching so we know you as a great football player playing some great team what actually got you into coaching because I had an opportunity to play with you uh your last two seasons in the league and you know I I, you know with B.A. signing that's kind of what he wanted you to do was it B.A. that got you into coaching What, what what when did coaching cross cross your
1: mind? My old coach, uh, Keith Butler, the coordinator in Pittsburgh, he started play, you know, he planted that seed in my, my head a little bit, as well as Mike Tomlin. And when I was ready to retire, BA said, no, nah, you about to coach. Mm. And, and I tell like Heinz Ward, a lot of them guys, Antoine Randall. sometimes you got to come in through the league quality, uh, control, late hours, a lot of computer, a lot of breaking down film. That would have been a struggle for me. I don't know yeah. that that wouldn't have been that, uh, you know what I'm saying, enticing for me. But BA said, no, I'm giving you your own room. Like you coaching that's the gate. linebackers. And that's when I took off. I said, you know what? Uh, I'm with that. And, but it was really BA. He was upfront. Uh, he was bold about it. He had a lot of confidence in me. We, you know, we had a lot of, uh, years together. He knew what, uh, what I bring to the game and my approach to it. And I'm definitely fortunate for that because normally that is that's not the norm. I just always had to talk Hines Ward off the bridge like, "Hey man, don't look <laughs> at my situation." Joy Porter, <laughs> like, don't be be ain't just a uh, unique guy, or awesome guy. If he believes in you, if he got your back, he he, he don't care. And uh right. I was definitely in the right place at the right time, and I thank God for it. But I'm that always, you know, all the old heads like Mike Caldwell. You remember Coach Caldwell, Pat? He was yep. saying, man, it you get that buzz. It ain't the same as a player, but you get that
2: buzz.
1: Yeah. Get that buzz. And uh the pay's good. It ain't like the player, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna, be, <laughs> it's gonna be a struggle getting you to coach all that money he didn't pay, right? B oh, Mac?
0: <laughs> no question. He's gonna take a big time pay cut.
1: No,
2: He's gonna hey, man, it I'm, just I'm get out to the house,
1: B-Mac. He might <laughs> donate and let the coach check back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, 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 foot, talking about coaches, man, me and you had the luxury of, of playing under one of the best to ever do it. What was the biggest lesson you learned from Coach Dick LeBeau?
1: Man, he was cool in all situations. Yeah. Super Bowl to preseason to training camp to spring practice, first game, big rival game against the Ravens. Dick LeBeau was the same. And you hear a lot of coaches talk that talk. No, no, no. He talked it and walked it. He was always the cool, too cool to my liking sometimes because B-Mac used to cuss me out because I wouldn't give him a call. Offense <laughs> and lined up. Hey, offense and lined up, did a shift of motion, and Diggie still ain't gave the call.
0: Ain't hey, he gave the call. We sit there waiting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, 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 he'll cuss you out on the sideline but why you ain't called nothing <laughs> right <laughs> give me something you the mic foot <laughs> right. but, but he was good about it though because he would always tell us hey on third down I want this so he give you about five calls that he wants you to you know to shoot right. but he was cool but the main thing is he he never blinked like he was always cool he never blinked and uh, that that's what you you take from him and he showed up, you know, like some coaches, they get there on the first bus, they there three, four hours. Digger Bow was coming in with the last, the you know, last, last bus. <laughs> <that> <laughs> last bus. Yes, yes. You know, the home games, you know, like some of us, we, we got like 10 minutes late. He right along with us.
0: Cruising. <laughs> that little strut, that little, little strut he be walking
2: in the building with. Yes, yep. sir.
1: <laughs> and he ain't had no script. He ain't had none of that back no. on the sideline. Uh-uh. He yeah. called us all up here.
2: Yes. Damn. Yeah. Man, no script at all. Hey, so man, we had we had the uh the, the tail end of our show, but before we let you two go, because we know you two are always talking about y'all, you know, master masterminds of trivia and you know, you know this, you know that. Well, we gonna put that to the test here today. I well, got well, it.
1: Pat, Pat, I ain't gonna disrespect the man in his house. You know, my mama raised me right. I I can't do that to this man's house. But hey.
0: Hey, hey pat so he got. was coming at me before you before we even started all like, back don't don't make me stump you right quick
1: oh man so
2: all right we got we got college players and i'm gonna give you the name you guys gotta tell me well i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm give a name to larry uh bmack you guys yep. gotta tell me what school they went to you don't have to tell oh, me the uh, year but you gotta tell me what school they went to all right you ready? this should be an easy one for uh larry foot lito shepherd
0: florida oh,
2: he went to Florida.
0: No, that ain't
1: for you, Mac. That ain't oh.
0: for you. He <laughs> might not know it, though,
2: Patty. He might not he know it. He came
1: out of my class. He came out of my class.
2: <laughs> that was too All easy right. for foot. We're going to be Mac. We'll go, yep. we'll go uh, Mark Simonu. Simonu.
0: Oh. Oh. Why my question harder than foot question?
2: Hey, hey, man, hey, you, hey, 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 hey. you the hey. host. Uh,
0: you the host. Ah. Uh, I want to say Penn State.
2: No, I got a state in it.
0: Ah. Uh. Foot don't even know that one. I know he played. Oh, Ooh. it's not Kent State. I thought it was Penn State.
2: He's close. Oh, I thought
0: it was Penn State. Who is it?
2: Kansas State.
1: Kansas State. I knew he had a state Kansas in it. State. Foot, you All didn't right. know that one, did you? Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm respecting the- <laughs> your <those> question. <laughs> All right,
2: Footy. Here we go. Uh, let's go for Foot. We got Roosevelt Colvin.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Oh, Purdue. That's too man. easy. That's Big Ten. That's <laughs> no, a, he I mean, played against him. easy. That's hey, old school. I know that. are no, he played hey, against said, him. Hey, I'm hey, just hey, 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 list, hey, hey. I'm just looking at hey, list, hey, Ain't this show over with? <laughs> hey, what's the time, man? Hey, Eric, All right, ain't this show over with?
2: Mac, Mac I'm, I'm going to give you an easy one, What do we got? What uh, we got? Get to the
1: Let's go, Eric. Wrap the show up, uh, Eric. I'm going to drop that F-bomb, Eric. I'm going to drop that F-bomb.
2: Mary and Barbara, be Matt
0: Minnesota. That's too easy.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, foot, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna test you on this one, Foot. Uh, let's go, Tim Dwight.
1: Come on, man. Oh, that's, that's too easy. That's Iowa, another Big Iowa, Ten. Iowa.
2: <laughs> Who Iowa? drafted him? Foot. Who drafted him? Chargers.
0: And then when he, when yeah, he, no, he no,
1: you don't get the, oh, you don't get. I, I answered that question. Talk. <laughs> hey right. Eric, can you grab the show? Who the guy? Who do you behind the scene? Right, hey, got where the sponsors more. at? Who are sponsors? Let me introduce our sponsors.
2: Pat, through <laughs> the punters. Pat, through the punters. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was about to do. That's exactly what I was about to the do. The punter. Uh yeah, so what is punter?
1: What do punter mean? What is that? Hold on, boom. Who the punter? We got a All punter. Right. We
2: supposed here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, we ready. All right. This is for B Mac. We got uh Mitch Berger.
0: Oh, you just have a Mitch,
2: man. Mitch, what yeah. school
0: Mitch went to? Oh, Mitch was old. Us. Yeah, he, he played, played with us. us. You know, Mitch used to always be intoxicated. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, Mitch, uh,
0: uh, West Virginia. No, nope. Mitch, South played Carolina. No, he didn't go to South Carolina. <sighs> Might be he the might the be the, South. He, he, the probably South. Was, he, he probably was the wildest player we had on our team too. Our punter. You remember Mitch used to go hard in the streets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was
2: drunk. <laughs> well Mitch <laughs> Mitch Mitch went to Colorado. Colorado. Man, I didn't know that. Not now,
1: Mitch I'm went gonna to get, West
2: Virginia. And I'm gonna give this one to Larry for the last one. Uh Zaire, uh Hakeem. Punter? No, he's a he's a ball player. Zaire? He's not
1: UCLA. Punter.
2: Nope, on that on that coast though.
1: What was his last name? California.
2: Nope, Hakeem
0: Zaire Hakeem. Right.
2: Uh, uh, uh oh, no, Arizona,
1: receiver, no, 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 no.
2: San Diego State.
1: Yeah. There I you go. A <laughs> great show on turf.
2: Yep, right. San Diego State. All right, man. I, I, we'll I
0: don't one. like how Foot had easier questions uh, than me. Everything was hey, in easy.
1: I'm just going off the list, man. You got how that? Hey, I gotta get this tape too. When y'all gonna send me this tape? We ain't said you he done it. Hey, hey, foot. I gotta hey, get you the tape. Hey, hey foot y'all before. can keep the check. Keep the check. The <laughs> tape is worth more. Hey, Fat hey. Feet. Hey, hey, hey. The tape is
0: worth more than the check. Y'all hey, Foot. I didn't. I don't want to bring you down for your Super Bowl high. <laughs> hey, Foot. Before we let you go, we're gonna transition to superlatives. Rapid fire question. We want your honest, unbiased answer. Right. So. First question for you. Oh, Best. They
1: can't incriminate me now. They can't it ain't going to
0: incriminate you. We know you're a ball coach right now. We know you're a ball coach. First question for you, Larry Foot. Best defensive unit on the 2008 Steelers, the D-line, linebackers, are DBs? Be honest, too. Oh, uh, linebackers. <laughs> linebackers. Ha- uh, Foote, we had the number I, one secondary. What are you talking about?
1: What are you talking about? I, uh, y'all, y'all only did that one year. Y'all did that one <laughs> In year. In 2008. And, 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 and you know y'all did that one year. Where y'all was at? Seven, six. Oh, five, we have to carry y'all a lot of time to be back now. <laughs> no, linebackers, linebackers. Right. They, and you used to get ruthless. We used to point the fingers. You know how they say good team? No, we point the yeah. fingers. Hey, right. Pat,
0: Pat, please. We come to the sideline. Let's say somebody break a long run, somebody catch a long pass. We come to the sideline. Who man was that? And foot,
1: be, foot used to be so messy, man. I think that was such and such bad. <laughs> No, Pat, you know, they be in the huddle. They be in the huddle getting it going. Oh yeah, we. Know, so you know,
0: Pat, you know everybody quiet. Like man, who had who had you? Nobody ain't <laughs> saying nothing. Foot be like, man, I think that's such and such bad. Come on, man, and we in the huddle getting ready for the next play.
2: Oh, I can see that happening. I, I definitely was in the, in the huddle before with Hood. So I, I, I. Oh, you no, know, Foot used to be Hutt messy. Too. Oh, oh man. No that, that, that young Foot when hey, he had the braids,
1: when hey, he had them braids. Hey Pat, you need help. You need help with <laughs> me. I'm going to tell you one thing, boy, you know when foot, man, when he
2: hits you with one of these and get on his toes. Oh, yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> the next one for you, who is the, the most skilled defensive player that you play with and also the most skilled player that you coach?
1: Ooh. I want to brag to the host, but, you know, it's a young man named Patrick Peterson.
2: <laughs> Appreciate it, coach.
1: <laughs> a young man named Patrick Peterson. Uh. I, I, give a couple, one just got in the Hall of Fame, Calvin Johnson. Remember the one oh, year yeah. I played in Detroit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely you too. Patrick Peterson and, uh, Calvin Johnson, far just flat out skills, nothing you can do about it. Blame God. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much ability. Hey. Pat P, uh, eye hand coordination as far as all pro punt returner, all pro uh cornerback. And you probably would have been all pro wide receiver if you wanted to do that, but definitely <laughs> you
2: could. Hey coach, real quick, tell tell uh B Mac about that pick that you almost had that when I tipped to myself, you oh, thought you could have caught Man, you no man? man, you man, man, B-Mac, ball, man.
1: <laughs> did the ball get tipped? Uh did you tip it? I tipped it. Tip it. And I'm the one in position. You know what, uh-huh. what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> Already thinking about the end zone, and I'm like, kind of, you know, I get nervous a little bit. So I'm like, hey, boy, I hit me. And man, 21 comes flying and take it, and I'm running behind him. Like everybody think I'm celebrating, I'm really ready about the uh, get the clothesline in him. You know, what I'm saying horse collar. Oh, you and gonna tackle
2: him? Hey, hey, what hey, what game was thing. that? What game was that? It was against the Rams. So it's at thing. home. Here's- it, it so we was down, we, yeah, we down, we down 10 in the fourth about seven minutes ago. So I had got a pick to pick the drive before to put us down three. Uh huh. So came back the next drive later. We paid like some palms coverage because back then when they, when they had Jeff Fisher, all they was running like those meshers, you know, like those, uh, like bullets, like a lot of crossing stuff. So Bose had put us in his palms and I wasn't even supposed to sit. This is just me being a ball player because the type of receiver, I think it was Kenny Brick. He came from the opposite side. Uh, uh-huh. Two, two had, this is me Ben News. No, I already got me a pick, the, the driving force. So I'm trying to get that another one. Man, two and, two and one went vertical. So I put all the stress on the safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kenny Brick running across Larry face, cause now, cause Larry was, uh, you know, the, uh, the backer. So he ran across Larry face, he was the hook dropper. And now, cause he ran like a, a shallow crosser. So, and it's pressure. So it's palms. So I forgot who, who, who like threw the quarterback off his mark or whatever. threw it a little long. I tipped the ball back. Larry's running on the ball. Mind you, he stumbles on his way to the ball. Oh, I so he already he had- was
1: stumbling. I don't remember that beat yeah. back. I was just trying to get underneath. <laughs> He's telling me, he said, "Man, I was gonna pick that ball, man. Coach Foot was about two feet away from the ball, man." <laughs> B-Mac, I seen Green pass B-Mac. I was about to beat back. You saw Enzo. You tried to get in the paint, and yes, I don't know man. how he got the ball because you tipped it and jumped. And yeah. he came back down, and the ball was in the air forever, and he grabbed that thing and <laughs> took off. He when scored the game out for. Yeah. Yeah. Week
0: 10, 2014. Week 10, yeah, week 2014 10. versus the
1: Rams. <laughs> we got to look
0: that one up. Uh Foot, yes, most is. hated team for you, Ohio State, Baltimore Ravens, or the New Orleans Saints? Who you hate the most?
1: Ooh. True. I would say Ohio State because that game meant so much. Mm-hmm. That game meant so much. You know, during our time, we had a leg up on the Ravens. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When you beat somebody, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? We respecting them. We knew what it was going what what gonna gonna to take to beat them guys. But Ohio State was the one because that carries you forever. You, yeah. you know, I don't even remember how many times I played the Ravens, but uh, Ohio State. And I'm two and two with them and I got to take that to the grave.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Last one, Footy, before I let you go, and I know you've been around a lot a lot of magical and wonderful Blu-ray games. Who is the Ooh. luckiest Blu-ray player you've ever seen?
1: Ooh, I got the luckiest and scariest guy. And he, <laughs> he's uh he's at this top corner of this Zoom by the name of Brian McFadden. And he's lucky and scary. <laughs> but it ain't that many stories out there when he got bopped upside his head. Oh no, so ain't nothing. That's, that's, that's being smart. Hey, that's hey, being exactly. smart. I call that lucky. All them years and you survive. <laughs> oh no, how you do it? But I'm telling. I don't know how you do it. Hey, that's being scary. smart. That's how you do it? He's scared. He don't <laughs> take chances. He disciplined. That's why I know he'll be a great coach in this league. He'll be a mastermind coordinator because oh, yeah. he's just numbers steps ahead. He a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. He's safe. You know what I'm saying? He'll strike when he know it's time to strike. Right. And, but he's always – he's like that Floyd Mayweather a card. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I hit you, it's going to be, you know, I know I'm safe. I can hit you without getting right. hurt.
0: Exactly. <laughs> hey, Pat P, let me tell you about Foot. So anytime we used to have a trip to the West Coast, Foot be ready. You're like, yeah, where the Blu-ray game at? So we on the plane, the Blu-ray game. This is to happen with Foot all the time. Somebody might boo foot when they they wasn't supposed to boo foot. So Foot get
1: mad. I'm done playing with I ain't playing Blu-ray ever again. I'm done. I'm not playing with y'all because y'all be cheating. Y'all be cheating. Hey, hey Pat this was my own fault though, cause I wasn't a regular. I always pick my spot, you know what I'm saying? And they all they they, they treated me like Oh, yeah, choose the bad, man. Then I'll go half (laughs) with somebody. Me and Hines Ward will go half a lot. Oh, yeah, he he wouldn't be in the game, but he'll go half. I used to hate that. I'll go half a lot. Because they they would never let me be part of it. Every time I'm in there, everybody picking on me. I ain't had no friends. Right. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey oh, hey man foot man it's a pleasure man we're gonna wrap yes, this up indeed, man thank man. you for joining us all things covered pat p <laughs> bright big fatty man, friend of the show family member of the show foot i'll say this you know what i mean i became a tampa bay buccaneer fan this year and a lot of it had to do with you being on that staff and we talked about this upcoming season especially when you Tom Brady sign. And you told me, don't jump on the bandwagon now, be back Don't yeah, jump on did. the bandwagon now. Yeah. <laughs> you emphasize not jumping on the bandwagon, but I'm on the bandwagon. But hey, man, best of luck to you this upcoming season, trying to repeat, do something that hasn't been done a lot. And I think the last team to repeat was, was the, the New England Patriots.
2: The Patriots. Right? The Patriots right? Yeah. That Tom 03, Brady. oh four, was right? Yeah. 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 So Carolina, hopefully you guys State, can get a chance. And Philly.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can get a chance to repeat. Uh and, and well you know what I'll say this cuz we got two individuals that are that will be tied to some organizations this upcoming season. Hopefully one of you guys can get a chance to get to the promised land. Yes, it could sir. be Pat P, you know even if he's with the Cardinals or whoever or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out in what? SoFi. SoFi stadium. Yeah. By So-fi stadium. Yes and sir. And I know hey we know big things coming for you in the near future. Eventually you're going to get that DC title. So hey, you might be able that to coach is. Pat P- Coach Pat P, because Pat will be playing for another four or five years, he might be a DC somewhere. Bringing Pat, yeah, hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, Pat P, you go over there and you know, you we, I handle everything over here. That's easy. You ain't got to go to practice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes, man, like said,
0: it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for joining us. All things covered, man. Be safe, man, and we'll check you in the near future.
1: God bless, man. Y'all keep doing thing. So It's awesome, it, baby. Appreciate
2: yes, sir. it, sir. Thanks again to the champ, Larry Foot, and thanks everybody for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'll be back with you next week when you can expect All Things will be covered. Peace. Peace.